Welcome to the 93rd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and my brother from another Morbius, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How art thou, my fellow Morbius? I'm doing Morbius, Adrian. I'm doing quite Morbius, in fact. Oh, dude, that's absolutely Morbius. I know. I'm so Morbius to hear that. Yes. I think Mm. we should stop because it's going to make no sense what we're saying. To the audience listening. Or will it? I mean, to us, it perfectly made sense. I knew exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. I completely understand. I completely yeah. understand. Mm-hmm. You know what else I understand, Simon? Well, uh, what? Will Smith being banned from the Oscars for the next 10 years. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about this because I feel like we've talked this situation to death over the past like few episodes since the Oscars. But uh, yeah. I feel like this is, a, this is a nice way to just kind of put that cherry on top of our Sunday. You know what I'm saying, man? Know what I'm saying? Sure. It does feel like a long time to me, though, just to be clear. Ten years? Yeah. Yeah, he might be dead by then. Well, it's possible he's dead in if it was three years, I guess. Yeah, I know. I'm. Yeah. If they chose three instead of ten. Definitely, but like ten years okay. is, is longer, so I feel like the chance is higher. Yeah. It does seem like a long time. Doesn't it seem like a long time to you, though? It does. I think uh, Yeah, I think it's a pretty long time, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he like was banned for life. Like you, you literally committed assault on stage in front of millions of viewers. Yeah. So I I honestly think 10 years is a fair number. Okay. But what about other people? I don't care. If You know what? They should go back in time and ban more people. Hell yeah, do it. Do it, Oscars. Do it, the Academy. But anyways, yeah, Will Smith being banned. Fair enough. Okay. I hope Jada uh, still goes to the shows, though. Hmm. <laughs> uh, hmm. Adrian? Yeah? You know what I know that you love? What do you know that I love, Morbius? You love... Sorry, did you end that with Morbius again? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I forgot. We, we stopped that, but I apologize. Yeah. And just making sure, you know, you gotta make it clear to the audience. If you hide your words behind Morbius, I feel like you're not going to, they're not going to understand what we're saying. And that's very important. I agree. I agree. But regardless, but regardless, um, I know that you love Jurassic Park and I know that you love dinosaurs. I know you love giant monsters eating people. Yeah, dude. It's, it's arguably some of my favorite things. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I would agree mm-hmm. uh, with that because it is you and you just said it and I'm describing your love for things. So you are, yeah. That makes sense that I would agree with that. Anyways, my, my point is Jurassic World Dominion is coming out soon. It's coming out in June. Yeah. June 10th is what I'm saying. Yeah. If anyone would know, it would be you. But um, Colin Trevorrow, the director of said movie, the, also the director of Jurassic World 1, or like the, 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 the new kind of soft reboot series mm-hmm. that uh, started in 2015? That seems right, yeah. Maybe 15. I don't know. Regardless, he specifically talked about the new movie a little bit, and he specifically said that the new uh, Giga is it called the Giga? Yeah, that's right, right? The Giga... I think it's called the Gigantosaurus. Yes, the Giganta, Gigantosaurus. Mm-hmm. The new kind of hybrid dinosaur that they're introducing into this new new episode of the series. Mm-hmm. He's claiming that it's like the Joker of Jurassic Park dinosaurs, which is such an interesting... I'm the Joker, baby! Yeah, it says that. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it, it, starts, it can talk, actually. Oh, my gosh. And it's like... 
I live in a society. Oh, no, we live. We live in a society. We live in a society. <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> impression. I don't have a good impression of Jared Leto's Joker. Anyway, you mean uh, Joaquin Phoenix's? Was that from Joaquin Phoenix initially? It was. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's just because he does that in uh, the Justice League movie as well. Does he? Jared Leto. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jared Leto does it in that that scene that Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure. That seems right. That seems right. Anyway, whatever. So I'm. Uh, so this is like an interesting thing. Like I, I, I don't really understand how this dinosaur is going to be like the Joker. Like, is it going to be put in makeup? Well, let me give you the quote. Oh, let me give you the quote. Sorry, I, I got cut off. I got I got cut off by uh, by silliness, like, as we normally do on Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. So here is the quote. Give it to me. He said, "Quote: I wanted something that felt like the Joker. It just wants to watch the world burn." He was specifically describing the personality of of, of Giga or G- of Gigantosaurus. I feel like it's Giga. I think it's probably Giga, but like when you call it, you call it Gigantosaurus. I think it only makes sense if it's Giga. You think so? That's a dumb name. Oh my god, it's the Giga, and that's why it's a GIF. It's a, that's why it's a GIF. That's why it's a GIF, not a GIF. It's a GIF. No, no. Ah, uh, we're not doing this debate. It's, a, it's obviously a GIF. It isn't. I. You know what? I don't even care. Just call it whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Okay, anyways, let's get back to the movies part of this podcast, yeah. which is the main focus. Okay. You know? Okay, so yeah, what do you so you think it's a little kind of ridiculous that he's calling it that it's gonna be like the Joker? Um yeah. You don't trust Colin Trevorrow? Is that what you're saying? No, I trust Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow. Uh, I'm very excited for this movie. I just don't really see the connection, but maybe I will. Maybe I'm gonna finish this movie and I'm gonna be like, wow, I can't believe the 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 Gigantosaurus went on a talk show with uh with uh Robert De Niro? Yeah. Yeah. Was that what you, sorry, were you trying to figure <laughs> out his character's name or the actor who played him? Uh the character's name. Because that was a long that was a long pause. Yeah, I was like Robert, and I was like, no, that's the actor. And then I was like, I don't know the, the character's name. Why am I even trying? And then I just kept on like thinking about why I even tried, and then and then I didn't say anything. And I'm glad you got me out of this loop, Simon. I'm glad you got me out of this loop. But yeah, I just find this an odd comparison. But again, we won't know until we watch the movie. Um, yeah, I'm down. True, I'm down the, for the whole aspect that it just wants to watch the world burn. I want this gigantosaurus to just fuck shit up, just like murder countless people, Simon. Mm, yes. You know how much of a fan I am of that sort of stuff. Dinosaurs, monsters. Yeah, yeah, no. I know we just talked about it. All this stuff. Um, um what? Oh, uh, I didn't know if you had to continue and I felt like I was interrupting you. I, I put an um in there just in case you were not going to continue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's just put my little card in the you know like it's like the little hand up in zoom mm-hmm. anyways uh trevor actually continued this is like an empire article uh from the like empire magazine and he also said this is i feel like this is the quote that makes me most excited for this movie i feel like other than the fact that we of course are getting the main cast from uh steven spielberg's jurassic park back which is a really really cool thing and i feel like it's going to be like a mm-hmm. end game of jurassic park movies in some way which i can i can you know respect and be uh, excited for but he also said colin trevor said Quote, it's an entirely new kind of movie, he promised. It's the thing I've been waiting to do this whole time. I love that. Which I really appreciate because he's he's describing it with um, specifically in mind the concept of uh, the world kind of being in, like invaded. Mm-hmm. Which because it because um, that's what how kind of Fallen Kingdom ends, like mm-hmm. Jurassic World uh, Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. It ends with these clone dinosaurs kind of going on the loose. Yeah. And kind of taking over a little bit. I feel like that that's 
It's an interesting concept. Is that it's going to be very, very different from any of the Jurassic World movies we've ever seen in that way. I feel like there's a lot of way ways it could go very wrong as mm-hmm. well. That's what I was kind of figuring when they showed that at the end of Fallen Kingdom. I thought, ah, there's so much that could go wrong here. But the fact that they brought back Colin Trevorrow, that kind of makes me kind of excited because out of this series, that's certainly the... I mean, I should say the rebooted series out of the two movies we've seen. Mm-hmm. He's certainly, uh, he, I feel like his his vision was a bit more intact for me. Yeah. I feel like it is, I don't know, Fallen Kingdom was very uh, conflicted in terms of its tone mm. in some way. I really like that movie, but yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Like it is, it feels a little bit more disjointed because it feels like three separate movies kind of put into one. Yeah. Like three episodes of like a TV show almost. Put into one movie, which I, I, I again, I like a mini series. I really felt a bit rushed. Yeah, for me, I really liked it still, but yeah, I don't know. I, I again, it's funny that you say that. Like it, this could go very wrong because you know what else went very wrong that had a similar sort of like director coming in and out. Simon, Star Wars, Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, because Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I know. Bad movie, really bad movie. J.J. Abrams started its series off pretty well. Force mm-hmm. Awakens is was is respectable, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he came in to close off the series after well, the last Jedi for me anyway blew any any of my expectations out of the water for what they mm-hmm. could have done with that series. Same. And then the last episode was the worst Star Wars movie I've ever seen. I agree. The worst Star Wars thing I've ever seen. I agree. Games included that I've played as well. I so, agree. Yeah, not good. Yeah, not good. I'm very I'm very excited for this though. But you know what else isn't good, Simon? Oh, what? Jared Leto's dumbass method acting bullshit. Well, I told you, we, we, so we reviewed uh, Morbius last week, which I did not like. And, uh, I, I guess we'll get into that because, uh, Ken, he, he didn't write into us last week and I'm, I'm curious to see if he, uh, wrote in this week to, you know, rebuttal what I said, but I, I even said, I was like, I guarantee you Jared Leto was some fucking dickhead on set and he pretended to be like, a like, like ill and walking with those stupid walking sticks and stuff like that. And, over the past week, news things have come come out that he literally was doing that on set, and that his like, God fucking damn it, I hate this guy. He was literally doing it. Ellie, can you stop right now? You're chewing on the bone really loud, baby. You're super cute, but you're chewing on loud. For context, uh, Ellie is Adrian's dog. It is a golden retriever that uh, uh, Great Pyrenees mix w- with Great Pyrenees in its bloodline, mm-hmm. and uh, is quite cute. She's adorable. She's adorable. But uh, yeah, so like Jared Leto was walking around on set, pretending to be like all ill, like the freak he is. And uh, his bathroom breaks were taking so long, but he refused to not method act. To go to the bathroom. So they came to like an agreement that he would sit down on a wheelchair and have someone wheel him to the bathroom <laughs> so he can go. And the audacity of this fucking guy. My God. Uh, God, this guy sucks. <laughs> he sucks, Simon. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I did really think that I feel like him and Matt Smith are the highlights of the movie. I feel like he did commit and you can tell in his performance. I feel like he does believe that he is Dr. Michael Morbius. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that part's okay. I And the director, Daniel Espinoza, he kind of respected the fact that he had this method. I don't know if he respected it at the time, but he said in an inter- interview, he's like, oh, you know, every actor has their kind of, uh, their, their certain way of doing things. And uh, I respect that. That's kind of what he was saying in a nutshell. So I don't know. I feel like people on set didn't, didn't hate it, but it is kind of ridiculous that he, <laughs> he had to speed it up. They're like, you know what? Just stop. We're going to buy you a wheelchair. <laughs> just 
just take this to the bathroom, please. I don't know. It's so fucking annoying, man. I always think about that Robert Pattinson quote from like, um, I don't know, what, 2019? Hmm. When he like said, like, I always say about people doing method acting, you only ever see people doing method when they're playing an asshole. You never see someone just being lovely to everyone going, I'm really deep in character. I always think about that. And it's just like, I'm curious if Jared Leto is ever going to play a nice person on screen and if he's going to act like a nice guy while he's method acting or he's just going to be himself hmm. in that specific situation. But maybe we, we just hear about it because he's playing an asshole. So if you're being an asshole, like as the character, you're going to be ass- an asshole to the actors and you'd hear about it more often, like publicized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. I guess. God damn, it's frustrating. And honestly, Simon, I still stand by it. I think Morbius is a bad movie. Yeah. I, just one last thing to wrap up in this context here, to give some context as well. The crazy thing is that he actually was doing this even when he was playing, because Michael Borbius obviously gets like superpowers and he can like, he's he's kind of, and you see it in the trailer, he becomes like all buff and he is able to, you know, walk around normally. He was doing that anyway, like the, he was still using the, the two crutches and, or using the wheelchair even while he was that type of character after the transformation as the character. I don't know if you've read that part. But wh- it's it's like ridiculous. Why continue doing that if you're done shooting them? Because he wanted, because he's lived his whole life. Michael Morbius lived his whole life as this character. So he was trying to get into the zone of it. It didn't matter that he became now stronger. He wanted to still have the same mindset, the mindset of what Michael Morbius was about. And that, oh, that, that pain of having to walk around like that was uh, was part of it. That's what he was going for. Anyway, I know you love Morbius. I know. I don't. Yeah. And audience, if you'd like to listen to what we think of the Morbius movie, you can do so because we launched in a Closer Look episode, which is a bonus episode of our podcast. And uh, it's live now. So you can check it out if you'd like. But Adrian, it's time to reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us, and he said, Hi, guys. Hi, Ken. Adrian. Oh, Ken? I beg to differ. But then, I've always been a bit of a different beggar. Hmm. I liked Morbius better than both Venom movies and the last four X-Men titled flicks. What? Logan doesn't count. Yeah, I do wish Morbius was tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe so it could benefit from the Kevin Feige touch, but it isn't. So it's just a tad more fun than the usual Sony superhero Dross. I'm hoping for a director's cut with a disc release because the theatrical version looked to be lacking scenes. I'm striking the post credit scene from my mind because they seem to be an afterthought created during one of the delays. Morbius is a character that works best when playing off another character like Spider-Man, much like Venom. If they plan on continuing villains slash anti-heroes in solo movies, then you really need to do more world building first. Email, obviously, by Kenneth, which he signed here with a quote as well. And the quote is, In the 1970s, vampires were pretty boring. The scariest vampire was Count Chocula. One bite of Count Chocula, and you were cursed with type 2 diabetes. A quote by Craig Ferguson. And that was a spot on impression, by the way. That was. (laughs) Craig? Is that you? Oh, it is. Oh, my God. It isn't. It isn't. It isn't, Adrian. It's me, Simon. Oh, what? Yeah. Dude, I could have sworn Craig Ferguson was on the other line. Man, I I know I've said this before, but I just love Craig Craig Ferguson. His comedy and his, like, that late night show, so good. I really Mm -hmm. wish he would start a podcast. I feel like he's heard that a million and five times. I know he's listening to this podcast. Um, You should should send him a letter. He... 
I, I don't need to. I just told him because he resides in New Zealand. I don't know if you know that. And our, our biggest audience is actually in New Zealand. So I'm sure he's yep. uh, he just heard that just now, as I told him. I hope so. We're the second biggest podcast in New Zealand, actually. You know what? He might have been confused when I just read that quote because he might have thought, oh, was I on this podcast? How is that? How did what? How how how, how did that sound exactly like me? How did I get here? Yeah, what he said. How did I get here? Man? Exactly. Adrian, what did you think of uh, Kenneth's, uh, you know, we, we were right, obviously. We, we, we thought yeah. that he loved Morbius. Mm-hmm. Um, last episode, we talked about how it would have been nice if he wrote in because he would have given the opposite perspective of what we, we thought of Morbius. I kind of was in the middle, but I also mm-hmm. thought it was not very good. And you thought it was awful. And mm-hmm. honestly, one of the worst movies you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. So in contrast, Ken is clearly saying that this is this Morbius movie is somehow better than X-Men Days of Future Past. X-Men Apocalypse. X-Men Dark Phoenix. And and Wolverine. Either X-Men, yeah, either X-Men First Class or the Wolverine. Because he did say last four X-Men titled flicks. So the Wolverine technically didn't have X-Men in the title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good call. He's got to be talking about X-Men First Class. Which out of that uh, lot, out of those four four episodes, those four movies, Mm -hmm. I definitely thought that Days of Future Past is arguably one of my favorite X-Men movies. Yeah. Hmm. It's very good. Yeah, it is. Ken. Yeah, Logan's the best. But Ken, I love you. I love you a lot, actually. I think you're one of the greatest people I've ever met in my goddamn life. But this opinion you have, I cannot, I cannot in good conscience agree. I I think your opinion that Morbius is better. Okay, you know what? I, let, let me take a step back. You liked Morbius better, which is fine. Uh, you know what? You can like Morbius better than the Venom movies and those X-Men movies. But I'm glad that you didn't say that Morbius was better than those last four X-Men movies. I can understand Dark Phoenix. I can understand X-Men Apocalypse. I don't think those movies are great. But X-Men Days of Future Past? Are you serious, man? That's such a good movie, like Simon said. It's 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 arguably the best X-Men movie if we're not including Logan. Um, and I, I really love X-Men First Class as well. Although it is like a little bit uh, generic in hindsight, but I still really like it. I think it's a good cast. It's you know introducing like the young, the young versions of all these characters, introducing Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. I really love that movie. But yeah, I, I mean, again, you're entitled to your opinion, man. But goddamn, I, I think you should rethink that opinion. <laughs> Honestly, I just can't wrap my head around. It. I can't fathom how you would like Morbius more than X Men: Days of Future Past. Honestly, that's. It's just confusing to me. And I also disagree that it's more fun than the usual Sony superhero draws. I think uh, Morbius was one of the least fun of the, the, the Sony movies. I think the both Venom movies are more fun. Um, and I also think those amazing Spider-Man movies are more fun. Um, but again, you're entitled to your opinion, man. I disagree with it. Um, and, uh, in terms of them releasing a director's cut with added scenes, I definitely don't care to watch a director's cut of this movie. I I won't, but it is interesting because they did actually cut, cut out quite a bit, um, of the movie and it's kind of noticeable, but most notably, man, I don't know if you, like, I realized this after the fact, you know, Tyrese Gibson, who plays one of the police officers in the movie, right, Simon? Yes. So there was promotional material that he has like a metal arm, like a cyborg arm. What? Yeah, there's like posters and stuff where he has legitimately like a cyborg arm in the movie. And he even talks about it being like, oh, yeah, my character has like a cyborg arm. But they cut out that entire plot line hmm. from the from the series. So that's odd. 
Yeah, in hindsight, there's like one scene in particular where there's like a police interrogation. It makes a little bit more sense why they aren't like a little bit more like shocked at what they see in front of them, like those two two police officers, because it's a it's an incomplete moving. They, they they removed some of those scenes that that may explain it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, I think even Tyrus Gibson posted it on his Instagram, like a picture of him standing, and he has like a metallic like cyborg arm. So. Maybe that was a different movie. Are you sure it was related to Morbius? Yeah, because it was it was him promoting uh, Morbius. Huh, that's pretty weird. But yeah, like yeah, he literally posted that promotional stuff on his Instagram, uh, where he literally had like that cyborg arm. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is just um, we kind of said this in, during the a closer look, but it's just kind of like a generic the movie in a way, like generic mm-hmm. the the Marvel movie. It, it just they don't. They're not being imaginative enough. Like they're sure there are references, like little Easter eggs to maybe other movies. That's pretty neat, and I and I know that Ken liked that because he he told me that in person at at work, which is great. But I just find that they're just not imaginative, as you said, and they just don't. They're not striking outside the Marvel Cinematic Formula while not really doing anything new with it at all. Like they just kind of are not being imaginative again. It's, mm. It feels like this is the reason why Scorsese and Denis Villeneuve and uh, Francis Ford Coppola, they don't like Marvel movies because they would see something like this potentially and think this is how they all are potentially. Not that you know we need to hold their hands. I mean, just watch another superhero movie. I mean, watch Logan, Francis yeah. Ford Coppola. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, uh, watch Endgame or Infinity War. You got to watch them back to back, I guess. Yeah, Roland Emmerich. Yeah, yeah, Roland Emmerich. <laughs> A man who makes only blockbusters that are typically less than 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just find that this is this is the issue. It's generic, the movie, and it makes – I feel like it gives superhero movies a bad name. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's an awful movie. Like I don't think it's as bad as you definitely do, Adrian. But I, uh, I don't know. I just don't think that it's doing anything inventive in any capacity. And uh, I don't know. I, I almost I, – I know I've commended Jared Leto for his performance a couple times. And he does a good job, but I feel like Tom Hardy is far more interesting to watch in Venom. Oh, definitely. Like the way he the way that he handles the accent and the way he has the banner banter with Venom, even though it's kind of sometimes a little bit obtuse in terms of the humor that's used. I just think that uh yeah, I think it's a again, those those both those movies are arguably a little bit better. But yeah. I get it. I mean, we're all entitled to our opinion. Do I think that Days of Future Past is anywhere somehow worse than this movie? There is no way. Jose. No, not even close. I, I don't, again, you can look at reviews all you want on Tomatoes and it's not even close, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like this is genuinely, Days of Future Past is genuinely a better movie. I feel like, I don't know. Again, you, everyone's Dude, entitled to opinion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah. I'd make that argument that Days of Future Past is better than probably most of the Marvel movies, like the MCU movies, honestly. Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about like, most, but there's like twenty something of them. It is very good. That's what's so weird about that X Men like universe is that it's, like those movies so inconsistent. They're so inconsistent. It's crazy. Um, I just want to point out something very important, and I know that Please. we have bashed this movie in a couple ways. Now this is the third episode. We're kind of talking about it in a way because we had a, our closer look bonus episode. Yeah. But also, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't know if you've done this recently. At Morbius. Do you know what the score is? Uh, I think it was at 17 last time I checked it out. It is. It is 17%. But do you know what the audience score is, Adrian, with 2,500 plus verified ratings? Is it 69? No, that would... Was you just making a joke because it's 69? Yeah. Yeah. No, not nice. Not nice, Adrian. It's 70%. Oh, my God. I know. So close. 
so close. But I almost feel like it's a meme, though. You, what do you mean? It's a meme that like people are liking it for a meme. I don't know if you've like seen on Twitter and everything, be, people being like, "Oh my God, Morbius! It sold seven trillion tickets." Shit like that. You know what I mean? Hmm. So you think they're just doing this as a joke? Like somebody on Reddit has kind of like thought yeah. of this idea, and then everyone's just kind of following suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting that we don't love it. Critics don't love it, but there are fans that must love it, I'd imagine. Even if there was a, they were doing this for a meme, I'd imagine that I feel like they, there are some people that do actually like it and they did rate it a five or whatever. Because I was looking through the reviews, like the user reviews, and they there's a lot of reviews from people just claiming that the critics are potentially like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, here's one. It was a good movie. Really enjoyed it. The suspense. You stayed on the edge of your seat wondering what would happen next. It was a nice action-packed movie. I mean, that one could be fake. Yeah. <laughs> Thought the story was good, and Jared Leto did a great job as Morbius, but the filmography could have been better. That's five stars somehow. The filmography. Okay. Um, yeah. Filmography? <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, that was my <laughs> That's <confusion>. not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that word doesn't work here. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's classic Morbius. Adrian, we watched another movie this week mm-hmm. together. We saw it in theaters, but we didn't talk outside this podcast. We never said anything to each other to or at or from the theater. But never have. We did never will. We did watch a movie together. Yes. Would you like to share what that movie was? Ooh, Simon. Yeah, I do. Because this movie had the greatest filmography I've ever seen in my life, unlike Morbius. What does that mean in this context? I don't even know what this guy meant in the review. What do you mean? Me neither. I I actually don't know. Okay. I was just doing a bit. I think he was talking about cinematography. Yeah, I think so as well. Or she was. I don't know. Or they were. Or they were. I should have said they. You're right. That would have been the better choice. Um, But the movie we watched, Simon Eady, is everything, everywhere, all at once. No, I'm asking you what movie you watched. Don't, don't, Don't try to joke around and say you watched all the movies. Don't be stupid. Simon, you freaking silly son of a ghost. A ghost. A ghost. <laughs> you silly son of a ghost. No. He- yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. We watched the movie <laughs> Everything Everywhere all at once, which um, I'm curious. Like, what did you think of it? I think this movie. Yes. Simon. Yes. Me. Is really, really. Yes. Amazing. I really love this movie. Oh, okay. I thought this movie was a, how can I describe this? A wild ride. A, the definition of a roller coaster of emotions, especially closing out the movie. I think this movie is genuinely brilliant, and it is nothing like I have ever seen before. How about you, Simon Eady? What did you think of Everything Everywhere All at Once? Man, um, yeah, this, this movie really got me. It, yeah. It's arguably one of the better movies I've ever seen. I agree. I agree completely. I I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's nothing quite like I've ever seen before. I, I feel like there's some shows and movies that I could maybe point to to say, hey, I, I see where the there may be something similar there, but it's it's pretty unique and, and pretty awesome. Like I saw some, I, I drew a parallel to, and you did actually in the theater, you drew a parallel to Rick and Morty. I drew a parallel mm-hmm. in my brain to like some elements of the leftovers in terms of the brilliance of the leftovers and the wackiness of it in some mm-hmm. aspects. I drew a parallel to Cloud Atlas, which is like the Wachowski, um, the, the Wachowski's film, which is just uh, very interesting because it go, kind of goes all over the place in, in terms of using various characters and various actors in various different roles throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting in the way it's done. This movie is about basically 
uh, a family who own a laundromat and they are basically going to the IRS to file their taxes. And mm-hmm. it's like the main character is played by Michelle Yao. Michelle Yeo. Is it Yo? Oh, is it Yao? I don't know. I thought it was Yo. Oh. And that's, that, I think it's time for a segment of our show. Michelle, Yao or Yo? You're probably right. It probably is Yo. But I'll let, I'll let Google decide. Pronunciation, the hit segment of our show. How do you say her name? Michelle Yo. Oh! Yeah, you're right. You did it. Oh! I'm a gosh darn genius. <laughs> Were you yelling Yo there? Yeah. Or Oh. Oh. Yo. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, yes. So Michelle Michelle Yo plays Evelyn and she lives in the United States with her daughter and her husband. Mm-hmm. And they're going to file their taxes for this small business that they're running and they she means seems a little bit uh, anxiety ridden in, in some way. Like she her, she's got a very busy life and she's just kind of they're just trying to stay afloat, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know, I feel like people can kind of relate to that. And that's like the first uh, 10 minutes of the movie. And then it takes a wacky turn. <laughs> and you can tell this in the trailer. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a multiverse movie. She's – her brain and her, her mind, whatever, it travels throughout various different universes, mm-hmm. multiverses. The, the, the multiverse. It takes shape of various versions of Evelyn. She can kind of uh, somehow inhabit – those versions. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything, Um, Mm. but I'm just going to give you what's in the trailer. And that's, uh, she's basically trying to stop the world from ending theoretically, or the universes, the multiverses, the multiverse from ending by Mm. inhabiting the various versions of Evelyn throughout um, history, past and future, (laughs) I guess. And present. And um, it is a, it, it is a wild movie and it's crazy the range of emotions that I was put through watching this. The amount mm-hmm. of laughs, the, the the amount of comedy in some of the scenes is unbelievable. And I think you would agree. Oh, 100%, man. I was laughing out loud and, and very quickly <laughs> I would almost like turn to tears and like yeah. kind of be scared at some points. Like this movie is like a genre bending movie. It's I, – I think – all in all, it is like this, you know, like crazy, like sci-fi, science fiction, multiverse movie, but it's also like a comedy and kind of a horror movie and kind of like a family drama sort of thing. Yeah, and it a is- very heartfelt family <laughs> drama, might I add, based based on the fact that you just said tears, but I was blubbering like a fool. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, uh, I was yeah, sniffling I, quite a bit next to you. I hugged you. I licked up the tears from your face. No, you didn't. Because I just said, I don't know yeah. if you noticed. Yeah, you didn't notice me doing that, but I was doing it. But yeah, no, I, I definitely cried too, man. Uh, and uh, our, my girlfriend was with us as well. And she she was like crying as well at uh, multiple points throughout the movie. And it's so funny because, you know, I was literally crying at one point and just immediately burst into laughter because of just the absurdity of this movie. And how it just kind of doubles da- double yeah doubles down on its absurd ideas and themes and what i think this movie does brilliantly is it sets the rules of the multiverse fairly quickly like within the first you know 15 20 minutes of the movie right and the rules although a little bit confusing all make sense and this movie yes i, I have that exactly yeah. in my notes somehow the movie makes sense despite its complexity mm. and i just don't understand how yeah and it's very easy to follow along somehow despite it literally like you're following multiple universes sometimes at the exact same time you're you're watching everything and everywhere all at once like literally 
Like that's the name of the movie fits what the movie is. And yeah, somehow the, the, the Daniels, the two directors knew how to balance it in a way that I was not confused at all. I was sitting in the movie theater being like, this is wild shit, but like, I understand everything that's happening. I understand why this stuff is happening and why these characters are here and dealing with this situation and that situation. And again, the the rules were so brilliantly stated early on in the movie. And the way they explain those rules to the viewer was so well done that I was just enveloped after that point. And again, I, I was just along for this roller coaster ride, man. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking so good. It is so good. And the performances from Michelle Yeoh, obviously, but uh, the, the, the the gentleman that plays her husband, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize, Ki Hui Kwan, yeah. um, who plays Waymond Wang, is amazing. And I don't want to say like stole the show because I think every single actor in this movie did a, like such a great job and I loved everything that they were in, but his character in particular was just, wonderful like wonderful he was so amazing Mm -hmm. he's so amazing i just want to mention too the action in this it's like an action comedy drama horror all in one horror i would say a little less i know you kind Mm -hmm. of drew attention to horror i can see where you might be thinking that but it's like the the elements of each one of those except for maybe the horror part the genres are completely nailed it's so crazy the action Mm -hmm. sequences the fight choreography and some of the fight choreo like some of the scenes is just so ridiculous. Like it's so well done, especially with Waymond Wang actually. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. And especially of course, Michelle Yeoh, who does an incredible job in so many of the scenes. It's a martial arts movie, but it's not really at all. <laughs> it's so strange, but I want to point out actually Kihui, mm-hmm. I I'm butchering his name as well. I apologize. Kihui uh, Kwan this is the craziest thing. I, I did not know this when I watched this movie. And uh, he made a comeback basically to Hollywood. He apparently was inspired to come back to Hollywood because of Crazy Rich Asians, he said in an interview recently, oh. which I find interesting. But uh, he's a Vietnamese actor who, for me, is best known for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which I find is the most amazing thing ever. Because I saw, I was like, where has this guy been in? Because he's just amazing in this movie. He he literally pushed me to tears a couple times. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, where is this guy from? His performance is absolutely amazing. And it's Temple of Doom. I'm like, Pan- Temple of Doom? And I'm like, are you serious? This guy is short round. I could not believe it. Holy fuck. He's in the Goonies as well. He's Data from the Goonies. Yes. What? So we took a break after that. And short round, like... I, I don't know. I, I kind of love that character, Indiana Jones. I feel like he did a really good job, but he was a kid. He's a child. It's like, I don't know. I didn't recognize him at all because it's like, I don't know, 30 years later, 40. I don't know how many, 40 years later. Mm-hmm. I just, it's, oh, it's nuts. And he's just so good in this. I just, I, yeah. This movie completely exceeded my expectations in every mm-hmm. capacity. Yeah. And the amount of, um, I think, with that gentleman was trying to say about Morbius uh, was cinematography as opposed to filmography. The amount of varying cinematography within this film mm-hmm. is so good. It's so crazy because there's so many different genres that they have to kind of balance that. There's a moment where they do this like quick montage shot of various scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you'll you know what I'm talking about. But uh-huh. the way they do this, I was just thinking about it. I'm like the amount of effort, the amount of visual effects effort, the amount of practical effects, the amount of shooting on location. I don't know what how many different shots they would have had to take to do some of these, but it's remarkable. I can't. I don't. I feel like this movie must have had a massive budget, but I don't know exactly what it is. It's just so insane that they pulled this off and they have such a crazy attention to detail. You explained how they obviously explained the rules of entering various universes through the multiverse. And yes, they somehow nailed that. And they, they didn't really necessarily tell you the rules right away. They slowly give it to you perhaps through the first half of the film. And they do it in a way that's not too overwhelming. And yet I was overwhelmed in the way that my emotions were affecting me based on the film's narrative and the way that it's, it's just an overload. Yeah. But in a, the greatest possible, the greatest possible way, and again, as you just said, the title is apt for both the way I felt <laughs> about how much was being hit <laughs> to my senses, um, but also, of course, I mean, you'd know if you watched it, but I feel like the way that the plot goes, it per- mm-hmm. perfectly makes sense for that as well. It's yeah. just, it's wild. The, 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 the number of laughs, like laugh out loud moments too. It's just nuts. I, I think I think of so many of them, and I want to tell you, audience, and I want I want to talk to you, Adrian, about them right now. But I can't because I feel like it would spoil the outrageousness of them. It's unbelievable. Yeah, never in a million years. And honestly, I don't think anyone ever could predict what this movie is, where it goes, and the level of uh, level of absurdity it goes into. Like, it's just, it's beyond nuts. And again, I mentioned, uh, or I guess you mentioned that I mentioned that I thought it kind of reminded me of uh, Rick and Morty. And it, it honestly did in, in specific ways, most notably like the interdimensional cable episodes, like these little like snippets into different realities and stuff and how a- absolutely mm. ridiculous those those episodes are with those little snippets. And that's kind of what it reminded me of the most. Um, and again, I, I think... I, I'm a uh, like fairly big fan of Rick and Morty. I really, I really like it. I, I hate the fandom, just to clarify. But uh, I, I think this is one of those movies where I was watching. I was like, honestly, we probably could have like a live action Rick and Morty if they really wanted to. I don't want that to be the case. But like, th- this just goes to show that you can go to these like unbelievable and most ridiculous fucking corners of of the universe, um, and, and do it successfully, <laughs> and somehow make these ridiculous things hit on such emotional, you know, emotional levels and, and hit these emotional beats while the story progresses forward. And, oh my God, I really love it, man. I, I, this is by far my favorite movie that I've seen this year. And I would probably argue it's my favorite movie I saw last year too. And I think so as well. I I mean, I might go back further even like I, Mm -hmm. I am so impressed. I can't believe it. Again, I, I really, when I saw the trailer initially, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This looks great. I thought that that was my instinct, but I never thought that it would exceed my expectations like this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite movies ever, I think. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to let it simmer a little bit longer, you know, before I, you know, commit so uh, so heavily to yeah. that note. But I, I just, it's just so amazing. It's so surprising. Mm-hmm. It's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, just for anyone wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, it also stars... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's just awesome in it as well. Oh my god, so good! It's so good. I my question as well is like, how did they hire people for this? Like anyone showing like it, it's written by Dan Kwan and Dan uh, Daniel uh, Shaynert as well. Like they wrote it, they mm-hmm. co-wrote it. Who, by the way, are the the Daniels who directed uh, Swiss Army Man? Which I feel like 
these directors mm. and writers are basically Swiss army men in the yeah. way that they were able to like pull this together cohesively at all. Um, but like the fact that they, um, yeah, I guess the fact that they, they were able to fund this movie, who signed on for this? Like who, who read the script and were like, yeah, I want to be on, in on that. Yeah. Crazy, crazy people. I think, I think this movie is like the, 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 the exact definition of how a 24 sets itself apart and just picks and chooses like these movies and, yes. and decides to release them. And that's a distribution I, partner for this film, but there's other partners who had to fund yeah. it too. Like you, you see them in the beginning of the film. They they show you the other produ- like mm-hmm. producing partners. It's not just a twenty four that funded it. So you're right. Yeah, there's Agbo, Lee Line Entertainment, yeah, IAC Films, and Year of the Rat. I just feel like they all took a risk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. And who knows? Maybe this risk like isn't going to pay off financially. According to Wikipedia, the budget is twenty five million, and so far it's made four point five million. Now, obviously, this is Wikipedia. million. Yeah, this is, this is Wikipedia, so take that with a grain of salt. That just seems so low based on mm-hmm. the amount of incredible. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's so it's so ambitious. Like it's one of the most ambitious movies I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. I just can't even believe. And they were able to like again get Jamie uh, again. They were able to get Jamie Lee Curtis, and they were able to get like Jenny Slate's in it randomly. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. Or even Michelle Yeoh, she's pretty great. Like she was just in a Marvel film. Yeah, that's true. She was just in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It's like, how did you convince Michelle Yeoh to come do this? It's funny because uh, Stephanie Sue. Hsu, I don't know how to pronounce it. I apologize. I think it's Sue. We're really butchering the names here. Stephanie Sue. Uh, she was also in uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, she was too. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's just a wild, wacky, epic adventure. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I loved it. I re- I can't recommend this movie enough. Yeah, I, like I, there's no movie I can, can see in the foreseeable future that would even live up to this and the weird thing about this is this is about traveling through the multiverse Mm -hmm. and the wacky multiverse movie that's coming up next for us that we're really excited about is doctor strange in the multiverse of madness yeah and i feel like this is the multi multiverse of madness doctor strange movie that i kind of wanted i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know like this is just so oh man again i can't recommend it enough too obviously like i i feel like anyone if you have the chance to watch it i wonder if it's not for everyone i want to talk to somebody who sees this film and says that was awful and yeah i feel like there might be quite a few of those people only because again i i think i mentioned this many weeks back my brother and i really like cloud atlas the wachowski's uh, pretty crazy epic where it's like time spanning epic it's less of a multiverse thing and more so history kind of thing and how i don't know it's 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 very interesting movie overall. We really like it a lot. But when we were sitting in the theater, it confused a lot of people to the point where like halfway through the film, when we were watching it, people would walk, literally walked out. And I remember my brother's telling me, I went to another theater before, but he watched it before we watched it together. He, he wanted to see it again. So we went to see it again um, at an AMC theaters. And in our AMC theater, somebody walked out. I think two people walked out. And in the theater that he was in before, like a couple, couple weeks before, two people mm-hmm. walked out of that showing as well and i found that so interesting and there was people behind us in the movie theater for watching when we were watching everything everywhere all at once and mm-hmm. they're like what is going on i don't know if you remember this yeah i do i do but they were like kind of like very confused and i i wondered if people would leave mm-hmm. just because they might not just they just don't want to get it they don't want to take the time but i know that we watched this obviously on the thursday so it's the day before it even launches so if those people leave i feel like i don't know why you 
Why did you buy advanced screening tickets? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, not really advanced screening, but like, you know what I'm saying? Midnight showing type, yeah. type tickets. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, like it's funny because like they did say that, but they were also like laughing incredibly hard throughout the movie too. I think the entire theater uh, was yeah, laughing. And, I, and as soon sure. as the movie ended, there's the one guy that literally like that was in the back of the theater that was like, what, what did he say? He's, he, didn't he say something like, like, oh my God, there's <laughs> just something really loud and obnoxious as like the credits started rolling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's this, there's also these quiet beats in the movie that just like mm-hmm. completely shut down sound, the use of sound design as well is very good. The, the use of the music is really good. I can't, there's nothing I could possibly complain about. I just, I don't know. It, Ah, it just made me giddy coming out of the theater after that. I was actually in a pretty rotten mood coming to the theater. I don't know if you noticed that, but we don't talk about this podcast, so you probably didn't. No, no, we don't. So I didn't, unfortunately. I was not having the greatest time that day. It was that was my probably the worst day of that week for me. And so when I I left, I was like, man, this is just something that I just didn't see coming. And that even the there's like a moral of the story at the end too there's mm-hmm. multiple messages as well that i just didn't see them delivering based on what the movie is it is in terms of its substance so I, I don't know i just think it's just again masterful that you could probably you could cohesively tell an audience a message after watching yeah. some of the most outrageous <laughs> scenes you've ever watched in a movie ever mm-hmm. yeah man they're just they're flashing through my through my brain right now some of these scenes while I talk. Anyway, I digress. We're talking very, well, I'm not really digressing, but I'm talking way too long about this very same subject. So maybe we should move on. Adrian, did you watch anything else? Uh, yeah, Simon. So I watched the second episode of Moon Knight. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not going to talk about this too long. I, I definitely like the second episode more than the first. Hmm. But again, I'm still more so just like, Give me all these goddamn episodes so I can binge them. Yeah, it, it's just one of those. Like, it's it, it sucks. I definitely did like the second episode a little bit more, but at the same time, there were specific beats in the second episode that I didn't like as much as the first. And I don't know, like, there's something about the show that I really, really want to love it, but I don't. Hmm. And I don't know. I can't necessarily put my finger on it. Oscar Isaac's performance is brilliant, but. I I think he is easily the the best performer in the show. There's not too many characters that he's playing off of, I guess. Ethan yeah. Hawke's fairly interesting, but uh, I don't know. I I really want to love this show. I want it to be. I, I want to just yeah be like, oh, this show is fucking awesome. But yeah, there's something about it that's holding me back a little bit, and um, I really just want to watch all of it and and be able to make my like make up my mind when it's all said and done. I don't know. What did you think of this week's episode? If you want to like add on a little bit. Yeah, just briefly, I liked it. And I don't know your criticisms. I don't understand. Other than the CG being bad in the first episode, which, you know, I've heard that now from quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't notice it. I, I guess I, I give things a pass in some way when it comes to CG um, being kind of a little bit, you know, rough cut, which is, again, very weird for Disney because mm-hmm. Disney's got so much money. So how the heck do they, they fail on the CG, like the visual effects. But um, other than that, I don't see any problem with it. I think that Oscar Isaac's amazing. I think that the Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac dynamic is very interesting. I feel like it's a, it's a mystery show. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of discovering, uh, things as we go along. And I, I really like the, the approach of the way they're treating this, um, disassociative identity disorder. 
mm-hmm. and it's different than I've seen before. Yeah, and that's kind of the interesting thing. I feel like it's giving a fair shake to the various personalities mm-hmm. that you don't see often, because there's many movies I can kind of point or shows that I can point out that usually one of the personalities is really potentially more of the enemy, mm-hmm. and I, and I, or or the villain, or or like a more violent or some something's like a mist. Like you don't really want to love both or 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 mm-hmm. multiple of the personalities, and I think. That this is trying to give a fair shake for both sides. It's kind of an interesting thing. I just saw Oscar Isaac on Stephen Colbert, and he was talking about that very thing. He was mentioning other movies that kind of deal with this and how they don't necessarily give both personalities that kind of fair mm-hmm. fair shake. And I, and I I don't know. I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate it, and I feel like this the second episode with its more action heavy sequences did a really good job. And I don't see your criticisms that much. I'm not sure what there isn't to like. The only thing I am weary about, because I have been always, I'm always worried about this, is the ending. I don't know that Marvel will nail the ending because they seem to just sell you on the show. And then by the time they get to the end, it's like it's like a business proposition. Like, well, we already have you. We don't really have to end it well. And that's something that I think might happen for the final episode, is we might get something that's disappointing by the end of the, you know, the sixth episode. The finale will be like, oh, I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I do agree with you. Like I think the way the personalities interact with one another is is very well done. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I do like the extra like action heavy nature of this of this second episode. And honestly, it feels darker. There's like a scene with Moon Knight breaking like a like a window, I guess. Or sorry, like a like a mirror. My apologies. And he literally says like it sounds like leave me the fuck alone or something like that. But I think like they cut the fuck out with like him smashing the like the mirror. So like, this feels darker. It feels more in line with those like Netflix Marvel shows as well. Um, it is still to, to be clear though. It is still the 14 a, which is all of the Marvel mm-hmm. shows, Yeah, uh, which we didn't talk about last week, but it's the same as uh, captain Falcon in the winter uh, man, winter guy. So like it, yeah. it's the same, same rating as that show. It's the same rating as WandaVision, the same rating as Loki. So it's not, uh, daredevil's tvma yeah which i mean i would have preferred me too uh that but but i think they're doing a good job just like towing that line i think kevin feige even said that uh, like the show is gonna kind of tow that line so um and honestly like when i think about it like captain falcon and the winter man there were some pretty brutal scenes there's essentially like a decapitation in that show so yeah they don't quite show any of it though yeah but yeah there ain't no fucking door in a yeah. car door Sort of thing. Yeah, that was a <laughs> head in a car door. Sorry, that was a not a door in a car door. Serious decapitation. Yeah, within like a few episodes of Daredevil, there's some pretty gruesome scenes, with, specifically mm-hmm. with uh, human heads. So I love human heads. Yeah, I, again, I, I like it more. I just don't love it. I just don't love it. I hope to. Okay. I hope to as the series progresses. But yeah, that, that's all I've watched this week, man. That's all I watched. Okay, uh, one last thing I've watched before <gasps> we move on to the news, Adrian Severance. I watched the finale of Severance. All nine episodes. And Adrian, this is a damn good show. Wow. I, uh, man, I just feel like I'm I'm a lucky guy this week. I just feel like I've watched some amazing content. Severance and Everything Everywhere All at Once are both so incredible. I mean, I wouldn't put them necessarily right up against each other because Everything Everywhere All at Once is like something I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But Severance, you got to see it. You got to watch the show. It's so good. It's a perfect mystery workplace drama. It's got an incredible cast. It's written by Dan Erickson. And this guy knows what he's writing. He knows what he's show running for sure. That finale was one of the better finales for a season that I've seen in a while. It actually, I feel like this show, especially because of how well this season ended, I feel like it reminds me a lot of Westworld season one in that way. Oh. Um, and the way that it's just this perfect blend of science fiction and mystery and great acting. And uh, yeah, it's just so brilliant. Oh my God. It's so good. Apple TV, man. Apple TV Plus is hitting its stride with content. It's really getting some incredible content by some incredible creators. And it it really shows with Severance. I, again, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the same score as everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Simon, would you make the coincidentally would you make the proclamation that Severance is the best show on Apple TV? I don't know. I really love Ted Lasso. There's like nothing I've ever watched as positive or as optimistic as Ted Lasso mm-hmm. as a comedy. I would argue that Severance is certainly the best drama. Like so far, I mean, we don't know how it ends. Like this show could go on for many seasons. Theoretically, mm-hmm. it's not a limited series. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. But to be fair, like Ted Lasso isn't done either. So like maybe Ted Lasso is going to shit the bed too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, like the finale is just. Uh, it's the only reason I I say that too with this show is that it feels like Ted Lasso could kind of end and I kind of be satisfied in some way. Mm-hmm. But this show is because of its it's uh it's towing a line as you as you alluded to earlier, but a different kind of line. It's towing a line of mystery, mm. and it's it's like Lost, and that's another show I would relate it to. Lost or The Leftovers, the way that uh, I used to think about even how the Lost finale ended for season one, the the, the idea of the boat and like the you know the hatch. Uh, I'm gonna have to take the boy, like that. It, it's yeah. there's something about the way that. That that season and that episode, that finale, kind of, I feel like it stayed with me because I remember it so distinctly, especially the last moments of that season, and uh, and I feel like this ep- last episode is going to probably stay with me for a little while too. It's really good. If for those of you who don't know what it is, of course it's on Apple TV Plus. It's a show about basically it's a workplace drama. People who go to this their workplace, they work at a company called Lumen. They go to work, and when they get to work, they've got a chip in their brain that specifically separates between work and life. So the work-life balance is perfect. As soon as they get to work, they do not remember anything from their regular personal life. And when they leave work, um, they only remember uh, their personal life and do not remember anything that happened at work. So this obviously is a, is a great setup for a mystery, of course, because you, you have to wonder as the audience, what is this company trying to hide? that they would do this, that they would try to, you know, move this procedure. Or are they just, are they just really nice? You know, they just want to create the perfect work-life balance. You know, we all go to work and come home and, and maybe we just feel like we are kind of drained from, from the day because we remember all of the things that happened at work. Maybe if you're, you know, working in retail, a customer is kind of rude to you, whatever it may be, you maybe had a bad day and you don't take that home with you. So maybe this company is just that altruistic. I guess you'll have to watch this show to find out. But let me tell you, with Christopher Walken, Adam Scott, you know, you got uh, John Turturro, directed many episodes directed by Ben Stiller, Patricia Arquette, who's just so amazing in her role as, uh, I'm not going to say who, because I don't want to give away, away anything, honestly. <gasps> oh, my God. It's, uh, it's so good, Adrian. And if you don't like this show, man, I don't know what you like. That's all I'm going to say. You don't know what I like? You know? Yeah. You led the episode with saying that you knew that I liked Jurassic World. That's what I'm saying. If you don't like this show, I don't know what you like. Whoa. 
Fair enough. Hopefully I like it. Yeah. Hopefully I like it. Indeed. Rave reviews from me. Apple TV Plus. They're heading it out of the park. Actually, you know what? I'll just say it. Okay. So far, this is the best show on Apple TV Plus, in my opinion. Oh my God. He's saying it, folks. I love Ted Lasso. But uh, I feel like this is incredibly well executed. And you know what? I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm jumping jumping ahead too far. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind next week. I'll be like, oh, Ted Lasso is one of the greatest comedies I've ever watched. Anyway. You might. Uh, yeah. I don't know either, dude. I don't know. Let's move on to the news, shall we? Okay. Yeah, sure. Psych. Let's begin with this. Yeah, that's you don't get to do that. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number well, I one. I did do that. So I just want to say I didn't do that. Are you talking over me talking? I did do that, Simon. How unprofessional are you? Let's go. You're a super unprofessional, okay? Look me in the goddamn eyes. Well, I already knew the answer. That was a rhetorical question. Rhetorical. You know what a rhetorical look, question is? I'm going to FaceTime you right now so you can look me in the eyes. No, don't FaceTime me. That's incredibly unprofessional. Unprofessional is my middle name. <laughs> I actually don't have a middle name. Do you have a middle No, yeah, you do. You got Simon Dennis Edie. I don't have a middle did name. You just, did you just ask me that? <laughs> it, was, it was quick. Yeah, this, it was, I forgot briefly. This guy... This guy doesn't know me at all. I, I, this, guy, this guy audience, he doesn't know me at all. We've been doing this. We've been doing this podcast for 93 episodes. I mean, of course, this is the only contact we have to get together now that we started this podcast, but ever. No, no, we we definitely talked outside the podcast before the podcast existed. No, we never have never will. That doesn't include the past. Yeah, it does, Simon. We don't talk never about have this never list. will is talking into the future. No, never, never have, have means past tense. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm tired. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, man. It's okay, dude. You had a tough Thursday. You know that we were starting the news and you rudely interrupted me, right? I do now. Yeah. You didn't know that before? Did you? Are you okay, though? Was Thursday rough? You want to talk about it? Oh, my God. I'm going to repeat the beginning of this. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as reported on by entertainment website NME, director James Gunn has announced via social media that his upcoming Marvel film, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, has officially broken the record for the most makeup appliances created for a single production. For this film, the makeup and prosthetics are being applied by the company Legacy Effects, who also applied the practical effects for James Gunn's DC movie, The Suicide Squad, and Disney's The Mandalorian Star Wars series on streaming service Disney+. The broken record was previously held by the live-action Jim Carrey-starring film, How the Grinch... Stole Christmas. Adrian, what did you make of this news? Simon Eady, I specifically chose this story because I know our lovely pal Kenneth. He's a huge makeup fan, aficionado. He does it himself, man. He does makeup and prosthetics himself. And uh, yeah, he he actually sent me this story, funnily enough. He sent me the James Gunn tweet uh, through um, Facebook, the application. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and I was like, oh, man, this is super neat. And I really like this. It's funny because um, uh, Suicide – wait. Oh, no, he did The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad. But uh, it's uh, it's funny because – What? That, Who? Who did company, Suicide Squad? Probably, the, the, the Legacy Effects did The Suicide Squad. You okay? I had a little bit of a brain stoppage. You ever have one of those? Yeah, but what's the connection with Suicide Squad? Like, why are you bringing that up? Suicide Squad, because I, I brought, I was going to bring up that Suicide Squad won an Oscar, not the Suicide Squad, but the old Suicide Squad won an Oscar for best makeup, and I was like, oh, it's kind of neat because like maybe Guardians of the Galaxy will actually win an Oscar for makeup and prosthetics. But uh, I don't know. Oh, that that whole thought process 
into the bin, mate. It doesn't make sense anymore, Simon. Um, but again, all in all, I, I just think this is a this is a neat idea. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three breaking a lot of records. You know, James Gunn has said how it's been uh, very emotional filming this whole thing because this is the last Guardians movie with this cast of characters. With all these casts of characters, you know, a lot of things can happen, and it kind of you know leaves things up in the air. But I don't know. I, I really uh, I think this is awesome. I think this is super neat, and I, I like that they are you know. Um, going in this more like practical aesthetic uh, sort of thing. Uh, whereas a lot of those, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy movies are like CGI fests and and they do a lot of like CGI for characters and stuff like that. Um, I'm sure they still will in this movie, but I don't know. I, I, I quite like this. I think this is, this, is, this is cool, man. What do you think? It is cool. And I feel like you just didn't do much research because Suicide Squad was also done by um, the same... <laughs> Ah, studio oh, French fry. So it is done by Legacy Effects, Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad. Oh my god! The makeup was was applied for both movies by Legacy Effects. Just to be clear, I am so embarrassed right now, Simon. I'm so embarrassed. I apologize. Yeah, you're just uh, you know chewing up time with your Ow. brain farts, as you call them. Out, out, brain stoppage. This is brain stoppage. I know what you're doing, though, Adrian. I know what you're doing. You're you're razzing hard. You're, like, going after Ken's favorite movie of all time, Morbius. And as a result, you're just decided that you're going to choose this story out of the blue to say, hey, hey, Ken, I'm sorry. Here's this really cool story about James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So you're saying... Specifically to do with prosthetics and makeup, which he loves. So you're saying I'm I'm essentially doing this as an apology to Ken. I think so. Yeah. You might be right. I think so. It, it seems like that. Although you apologized to Ken and then also just uh, dissed Morbius even more in the, the previous segments. Mm-hmm. But hey, but hey. Uh, speaking of makeup and uh, visual effects and things like that, mm-hmm. what about the suits? Like the, 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 you know, the costuming and the, the, the design aspects of Moon Knight. Don't you think that the suit looks really cool and the, there's CG elements there? You were, I know this isn't, we're not talking about CG, but you hated the CG in, in episode one. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you thought that the suit looked cool and things like that. I think the suit looks really cool, actually. I think that the weird okay. uh, Egyptian dog thing doesn't look particularly great. Um, right. But, but it's not as bad as uh, Resident Evil, um, Kill the Justice League or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not as bad as... The CGI and Resident Evil um, eyeball monster. Welcome to Village Village Town. Yeah. Good movie, though. Good movie, though. Right. Better than Morbius. No, uh, not a great movie, but it's an okay movie. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyways, yeah, that's uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to see this Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It's uh, There's a lot of who's in who, Whoville. So. Yeah. So, so to break that record, it's going to be interesting. We're also getting the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special this year, isn't it? It's like a Christmas. Yeah, that's at the end of the year. Yeah. Pretty sure. And they're doing a Halloween special this year, too, I thought, too. Isn't it like Werewolf? What? Are they? Aren't they doing a Halloween special this year, too, Marvel? Guardians of the Galaxy? No, not Guardians, just Marvel in general, sorry. Oh, are they? I thought so. Marvel. Maybe. Halloween special. They're kind of keeping things pretty coy, I find, and I think they're doing that because they're not really sure about the pandemic. I think they're kind of playing things a bit more by ear because mm-hmm. they, they're announcing things pretty late. Like we got the Marvel's Moon Knight announcement, like the release date, I feel like in January. So like they're kind of waiting. They're playing things pretty close to the chest, which is uh, yeah, apparently maybe wise. The untitled Marvel Halloween special is, this is according to Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of salt, is, is scheduled for release October 2022. And Michael Morbius, Giacchino, Giacchino. Oh, Giacchino. Is actually 
the director. Michael Giacchino. Yeah. The composer. Yeah, that's what I said. You, you also didn't say that. You said his name wrong. Agree to disagree. And to be clear about my confusion, I don't think Michael Giacchino has ever directed anything as big as this. He's a world-renowned composer at this point. I mean, he composed the score for Up and the Batman and Lost. He's so good. He's amazing. But uh, this is kind of... Really? Yeah. Is it maybe a mistake? Where are you reading this? It might be. Wikipedia. So I said, take this with a grain of salt. Oh, I see. Wikipedia. Okay, cool. I'm curious to see what that is. Me three. Okay. Number two. As followed by the publication, The Hollywood Reporter, producers Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey are looking to produce two detective Sherlock Holmes-based series for Warner Brothers streaming service HBO Max. The two projects are both in early development from Team Downey, and it is currently unknown whether Robert Downey Jr. is also looking to star as Sherlock Holmes, as he did in director Guy Ritchie's two Sherlock Holmes films, which also starred actor Jude Law as Sherlock Holmes' sidekick, Dr. John Watson. It is important to note that a third Sherlock Holmes film starring Downey Jr. and set to be directed by Rocketman director Dexter Fletcher was initially greenlit with a projected release date of holiday 2020, but has since been delayed indefinitely. Adrian, hmm. what do you make of your second chosen story of the week? Hmm, Simon. You know what I think? I think this is uh, kind of cool. I, I like that HBO Max is kind of going in the direction of just making uh, – these like movie franchises that they were doing into TV shows or possibly miniseries is, and I I like that as an idea. Um, at the very least, uh, in the sense that it's like expanding a universe. Um, and I quite liked actually that um, Robert Downey Jr. like Sherlock Sherlock Holmes movie. I can't. I want to say I watched the second one as well, but I don't really remember it as well as the first one. But I remember really liking that first one. And uh, the one thing that I'm kind of curious about, because I think this is supposed to be set in that same universe as that Robert Downey Jr., uh, Jude Law, you know, like the, those movies, um, if they're going to reprise their roles, because I, I would really like that. I, I would like to see, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law in a, in a TV show. I know Jude Law has had a few TV shows here and there, but I can't really think of Robert Downey Jr. doing a TV show, at least not since... Um, you know, joining the MCU and all that jazz. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about this and, and I hope that they can bring it in. Cause again, what they're doing with like the penguin series at HBO max, like they're, they're bringing in Colin Farrell, you know what I mean? So they obviously uh, ha have the money for it and, and understand what they need to do for that series at least. So um, I don't know. I, I hope they, I hope they do bring those two actors in and I, I hope this is actually pretty damn great. What do you think, man? It's pretty cool. It's pretty early in development. So I'm kind of curious if this might get scrapped in some way. Like it feels like when they announced the Gotham PD show a little bit too early. Um, or they, I don't know, this isn't even announced actually. It was just kind of reported on by the Hollywood Reporter, I think. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious about it, certainly. Yeah, I'm wondering how that's going gonna, gonna to go. I know Robert Downey Jr. is interested in making that film with Dexter mm -hmm. Fletcher. I know that that's still something that he cares about a lot, so I feel like he's going to make that happen. He hasn't been in a movie since uh, Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, which was right after Avengers Endgame in 2020. It came out right after. So I'm curious. Which was apparently... Not good. Yeah. I never watched it. Doesn't look good, though. Isn't there a dragon or some shit in it? Uh, is there? Do they go up like a dragon's butt or something? That I'm not aware of. I feel like I've seen... 
at my place of work on like one of the TVs, they show like some scenes from that movie. And I swear to God, I saw them like climbing into a dragon's butt. <laughs> okay. But I, don't know, I don't know for sure. He isn't going to be. He is going to be an Oppenheimer, though, like the Christopher Nolan movie from mm-hmm. Universal Pictures. So that's yeah. cool. That's 2023, uh, or it's at least planned for a 2023 release date. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm interested enough because I like the Sherlock Holmes movies as well. I feel like they're nice and quirky like most Guy Ritchie movies. And it's funny, you said that you only remember the first Sherlock Holmes movie. And I feel like I also mostly remember the first one. I do remember that Moriarty was the main villain in the second one, though. That part was pretty memorable to me. And uh, great actor, Jared Harris, is uh, plays Mar- Moriarty. He was uh, the incredible part in Morbius. Wow, he just mm-hmm. he just stole the... Oh, he was such a Morbius in that movie, dude. He's just Morbiusing about... So, yeah, he was such a Morbius. Yeah, he stole the Morbius. Oh, dude. He Morbius the Morbius, man. Yeah, it's... Wow. W- really well used as, a, yeah. as an actor in that. Mm-hmm. They really utilized him well. He's a great actor, by the way. So good. Uh, and he was very good in, uh, as I feel like he was pretty good as Moriarty, but he's definitely like my, I feel like the most memorable roles that I know him from is Mad Men and, uh, and Chernobyl. So he's no, he's no stranger to TV shows. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's going to be on a TV show, maybe it's Jared Harris. So for the record, do you think Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law are going to be in this, these shows? I I would hope so. Do you think that's true or you're just kind of speculating? I'm just kind of curious based on what you read. Because I didn't really – I couldn't grasp it. It seems like it's so early days that yeah. it, there's nothing really to show. I don't think they're – like they're attached as producers, I believe. Or Robert Downey Jr., uh, his production company the, uh, like is, is attached as producers to this. But I don't think there's any like confirmation that they'll both be attached as actors like Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. And honestly – when you consider how much money Robert Downey Jr. was making by the end of like the MCU and everything, it, it's it'd probably be hard to you know get him in for like a like a series. Um, it, it would probably be very costly. But at the same time, if he loves this universe so much and the project so much, maybe he he'll be willing to um, you know not get paid an exorbitant amount of money to take part in this. But yeah, I'm mostly speculating. The, the thing that puzzles me most is why are there two? It's like. Just start with one. Yeah. I, I just don't get why you would even – these must be two pretty good ideas if you're looking to like expand on these two ideas. Just pick mm-hmm. one. It's it's That's what's most puzzling to me is like I would like him to star in one of these. But I feel like if there's already two, it's like is one of these like a game show or something? Like I, I don't understand. You know, it's like that uh, – we talked about it last week, but there's that uh, – James Bond? That James, yeah, the Amazon's James Bond uh, reality series. It's like eight episodes and going to be on Amazon Prime Video. Like what? What? Why? <laughs> what? I think it maybe have a good idea because apparently it's been in the works for like four years prior to Amazon buying MGM. Mm-hmm. But when you think about this too, like with Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock, Sherlock the series on BBC is incredibly popular with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's like a whole other universe. You also got Netflix, another big streaming service, making another movie like for Enola Holmes. Like that's gonna come out probably in 2023, um, if not if it's not coming out this year, with Henry Cavill and um, uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. And so I don't, I don't quite understand. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. I'm just curious, like why two? It's so strange to me. Um, but they're going hard, and all of these streaming services are going hard. And I feel like, um, and we're gonna see this in the montage, which is that sequence of our show in which we go through some of the quick news items from the week. Like Apple's going very hard, like with Apple TV Plus originals. And that's kind of why mm-hmm. I was alluding to what I was alluding to with Severance too. Like they 
clearly are caring about quality and it's it's starting to show like massively. There's that other show, by the way, Pachinko. Do you hear about that show? Yeah, I I added it to my list. It's that Japanese um like drama that's on there as well. There's also like Dr. Brain, which I think is like a Korean drama on um Yeah, Pachinko was on my radar specifically because um it's Korean, by the way, not Japanese. Oh, it is? Um, Sorry. Yeah. It was on my radar specifically because of Damon Lindelof. Uh, he, he's the writer of The Leftovers and, and Watchmen, and uh, not Watchmen, the comic, but Watchmen, the HBO series specifically, uh, and uh, Lost. And he, he wrote on like Instagram or something like that. He thought this show was absolutely brilliant. And I was like, hmm, if he thinks this is absolutely brilliant, I'm going to probably enjoy it i feel like and it's a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes so i imagine Ooh. with that kind of combination we're looking at a really good show again from apple tv this is a limited series i believe as well so anyway i'm yeah. kind of interested in that one and uh yeah they got that slow horses series with gary oldman anyway i can go on i feel like there's, they're just hitting the mark pretty well yeah. so far and i'm kind of excited to see that's again a very big sidetrack but my point is hbo max they have to compete and they've got like They've got a lot of properties that they are got their hands into, you know, in terms of like, in terms of having their hands into various pies. They really want to build like an incredible streaming service, and they have some of the best content out there right now. Mm-hmm. It's just HBO content is just so good. But I'm just kind of curious, like, stop and stop trying to do too many things at once. Like, try to do the Batman, the first Batman series, before you decide on two others that you're going to come out with mm-hmm. as an example. Yeah. Um, just real quick before we inevitably have to make a correction for next week, Pachinko, it is partially Japanese. That's why I thought it was, but it is also like a lot Korean and partially American. Like, I think it's like, uh, I just, I'm again, I'm looking this up on Wikipedia real quick. It's an American drama television series, apparently, but it takes place in both Korea and Japanese, like Japan and, uh, taught and the languages of the show are Korean, Japanese and English. So, Wow. I knew I wasn't like fully wrong. I was like, are you, are you sure? But we're both wrong and right, Simon, together. Mm, I see. I don't think I'm wrong at all, but okay. You might not be. Neither are you, I guess. Yeah. Together, we're both right. You like that? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You like it? It's so, so great. All right. Number three. Story number three. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse co-director Peter Ramsey has been <gasps> hired on. As one of the directors for the Disney Plus Star Wars Ahsoka TV series, starring the Mandalorian actress Rosario Dawson. The new series, which is centered around the Star Wars Clone Wars character Ahsoka Tano, is set to follow Tano's quest to bring villain Admiral Thrawn to justice. The series will also star Darth Vader actor Hayden Christensen, Black Sails actor Ray Stevenson, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World actor Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ahsoka is being written and produced by the Mandalorian showrunner Dave Filoni, with the Book of Boba Fett producer John Favreau also producing. Production will begin on the new series by the end of April. Adrian, what do you make of this director choice and uh, what we know so far, really, about that Ahsoka series on Disney Plus? Honestly, Simon, I think this is uh, arguably probably the most promising of the additional series that are coming um, in the wider Star Wars universe for. A couple of reasons. Not only do we have Dave Filoni as the showrunner, um, you know, c- continuing his uh, love. Um, or sorry, uh, is it sorry? Is Dave Filoni the showrunner? or Is he just the writer on it? I believe he's the showrunner on this one. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, considering he's the guy that created Ahsoka 
in, you know, the Clone Wars series. So, you know, we have that attachment to it. And then, of course, now they're also bringing in some very high quality directors with Peter Ramsey, obviously, you know, on his work with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is a brilliant fucking movie. So good. Uh, which, again, the sequel's out this year. So close. At the end of the year. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, this is just one of those, like, Star Wars shows where I'm I'm fairly confident that this is going to be really great. And more and more, I'm just like, I, I really need to watch, like, all those Clone Wars episodes. So I don't know. I know, again, I, I think I mentioned this before. Online, there was, like, a timeline of, like, the necessary episodes to watch where where they cut out all the filler and all, like, the not too important episodes. And it kind of is like an abridged version to watch the series. I'm tempted to kind of go through that. Cause I don't know if I want to commit, you know, to like five, six seasons of like 22 episodes, all of that sort of stuff. When I can just see like the specific arcs that are important that I imagine will have a lot to do and will be referenced a lot in, in this Ahsoka series. Uh, what do you think, man? It's interesting. I feel like the biggest pull for me is the fact that this is the first non animated series that Dave Filoni is legitimately show running. Oh. And that's the most interesting thing, at least in the Star Wars universe from my understanding. Because obviously he show ran uh, the Clone Wars, which you just mentioned. But he was a big part of The Mandalorian, but it's really the Jon Favreau show in a lot of of ways. And so was Book of Boba Fett. Although uh, Filoni did help, and he was a big part of, I feel like, The Mandalorian in, in like large ways. And he even directed uh, an episode or two, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that's, it's quite interesting because I'm so curious what he can do if this could be really successful. Again, I really hope that him and Favreau might move into a role as the Kevin Feige like producers that might be able to oversee the rest of the Star Wars universe. If they're not, you know, may, maybe personally put their stamp on some of these shows, it would be cool if they could. Um, they're like. I don't know. I feel it would, be, it would be cool if they, if they had to take a backseat, if they were too busy or whatever, that they could be just mm-hmm. called in as like serious consultants to make sure that these shows don't go completely bad direction. Because Dave Filoni just has an eye for Star Wars that I feel like nobody else has. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This show may be bad, and then we'll have a good idea of that maybe that he maybe can't run a show like this. But I think yeah. he's also going to direct some of the episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was kind of reading. I don't know if that's true now because obviously you got Peter Ramsey in there directing a few episodes, but they usually for the Star Wars series, they've kind of not stuck to one particular director. Um, like they, they do actually in the, the Marvel shows is, is actually kind of a funny thing. Most of the Marvel shows, they only have a few directors directing all six episodes, maybe one director directing three episodes, the other directing, other directing another three. They have mm-hmm. usually kind of a couple directors or three directors. In the case of Moon Knight, um, Moorhead and Benson are the directors for that second episode. Whereas, I can't remember the first gentleman's name because I hadn't seen anything that he'd made before. But he is directing, it's Diab. I think it's Muhammad Diab. I recall correctly. Muhammad Dayab. It's Muhammad Dayab. Yeah, that's what I said. All right, whatever. I looked it up for, for not. But anyways, yes, he's directing, I think, a lot of the episodes, Moorhead and Benson, who are, they made some pretty interesting indie films, I believe. They are, are directed two of the episodes, and one of them was two, and I think the other one was four. So mm-hmm. I find that interesting that the Star Wars series typically tend to use multiple directors. Usually, each director just directs one episode, potentially. But yeah, we'll yeah. see how that goes. We will we'll see if this uh, this news is that 
substantial that Peter Ramsey has been hired on to direct. Because is he directing one or is he directing eight? All six? We don't even know how many episodes there are. Is there eight episodes? I don't know. I just... Unknown. Also, I think that it's a it's very poetic that we have showrunner Dave Filoni, who's only really show ran a, uh, an animated series that's very beloved. Mm-hmm. And we also have Peter Ramsey, who's beloved for uh, directing an animated movie that was Oscar nominated and won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you got like a, a team of animated movie pros that are, or, or animated t- TV series, animated content pros that are coming in to make the series, which is yeah. pretty neat. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I hope they can do it. Me too. Now onto the montage, the sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by publication Variety, C actor Jason Momoa is set to star and produce an eight-episode Apple TV Plus original series about the colonization of Hawaii called Chief of War. Oh, okay. Let's check it out. Number two, as publication Deadline reports, production has begun on the third season of Netflix's Henry Cavill starring medieval fantasy series The Witcher. That's cool, man. I still have yet to watch it. Number three, as reported by Variety, the original cast of Star Trek The Next Generation is being brought back for a reunion on the Patrick Stewart starring third season of Star Trek Picard. In other words, actors LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, and Brent Spiner have all been cast in the show's final season. That's pretty cool for Star Trek fans. I am not one of those, though. Number four, as tech website The Verge has reported, workplace drama mystery series Severance has been renewed for a second season over on streaming service Apple TV+. Simon, this is what you alluded to. Number five, as Variety reports, due to the recently completed merger between WarnerMedia and Discovery, the WarnerMedia top executives Ann Sarnoff and Jason Killar have each stepped down from their roles at the company, with Discovery CEO David Zaslov set to head up the resulting Warner Media Discovery media conglomerate. It's interesting. I don't know why I would have assumed that the Warner Media portion would have been more important than the Discovery portion, but I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm wrong. Number six. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, HBO has renewed the Adam McKay-produced basketball biopic TV series Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, for a second season. I honestly didn't even know this show started airing. Number seven, as Variety has reported, Indiana Jones actor Harrison Ford has been cast alongside I Love You Man and Winning Time actor Jason Siegel in Apple's upcoming Apple TV Plus comedy series, Shrinking. The new series is about a psychiatrist who starts to tell his clients the honest truth about what he actually thinks of them. That seems like a cool premise and uh, two great people attached to it. Number eight, as reported by Variety, Network CBS has renewed the Shamar Moore starring cop drama SWAT for a sixth season. That's crazy. I can't wait to watch the sixth season of SWAT. Oh, I didn't know you watched SWAT. I didn't. Number nine, as Deadline has reported, Better Call Saul star Bob Odenkirk has been cast as a college English department chairman at a poorly funded college for Network AMC's TV series adaptation for author Richard Russo's novel Straight Man. Nice. I'm glad to see Bob Odenkirk jumping onto something new right after Better Call Saul. We already know he's jumping into something new with David Cross, remember? Oh yeah, good call. Good call. Oh, your memory never... Never fails. Sure. Number 10. As Variety reports, AMC has just greenlit a sequel TV series for the Tatiana Maslany starring drama series Orphan Black. 
The new season is meant to be 10 episodes, air in the year 2023, and be called Orphan Black Echoes. Oh my god. Tatiana Maslany is She-Hulk. And that concludes the montage. Yeah, montage. Yep. Adrian, 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 what do we have for me? What do we have for me today? Simon, I got new releases for you, and I'm going to keep this brief for a couple reasons. Reason one, there's not too many movies coming out. Reason two, I have to go into the bathroom. Oh. So uh, this is for the week of April 11th to April 17th. The first movie is coming out on Tuesday, April 12th, Grub. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you have to go? Because if you have to go now, you can go. Is this number two we're talking here? Like, did you eat No, bad, it's uh, number one. Bad Chipotle or? Oh, no, I had a really good food. So I went to uh, an Easter dinner tonight. That's why we're recording late. I didn't, I didn't even mention this. Thanks for accommodating a later recording session, Simon. Because I went to an Easter dinner that ha- is happening a week before Easter because uh, of things. I don't really know the reasoning, but uh, delicious food. I ate a lot of food. It was super, super good. It was at my godmother's house. Um, wonderful human being. She made some delicious food, including some kind of George schnitzel. Do you know what kind of George schnitzel is? You do know what kind of George schnitzel is. Uh, the name before the schnitzel part kind of it's that, foreign it's- to me. Other than that, it's that you know. I know what schnitzel is. Yes. Uh, remember when we went to that Serbian restaurant in Waterloo, in Kitchener? Yeah. And there's a thing that tube of meat with the cheese in it. It's the best way to put it. The schnitzel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of Georgia. That's true. I understand. It's one of my favorite foods, if not my favorite food. That was a good meal. I really enjoyed that. That was a that was a fantastic uh, time. I feel like we should do that again. We should. Well, it's kind of tough because we don't talk outside this podcast, so it's kind of a very antisocial gathering. It's almost like the Avengers uh, at the end of Avengers going to eat shawarma. Shawarma, yeah. yeah. I love shawarma. I haven't had shawarma in like two months, which is crazy. But we could go. We'll bring our girlfriends. They can talk. We can just stare at each other in silence. It'll be a great time. And we can talk to them, and they can pass messages across. That's like, true. Just write oh. written messages Yeah. across so that we can at least have some kind of conversation but very, very disjointed. Like that scene in Drive My Car. What? Like the scene in Drive My Car where they were like talking to each other, but they're talking to each other in different languages and one person's like translating back and forth, but it's just like we talk to the per, you know? It's not kind of, but it's different. That was too obvious though. You got to make it really subtle because we got to make sure we don't break that barrier of talking outside this podcast. It's very important for the authenticity of this podcast, Adrian. It's true. You have to understand. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. You got to go pee or poo or one of those. So I have to make sure that you puke? can continue. What? What? I got a puke, Simon. You, you? Yeah. Is that number three? That's a number three. I don't know why we, why do we always talk about fecal matter on this podcast? We, it's a triple. Yeah. It's when you come shit and puke at the same time. Okay. What the hell? That's from the Misfits. Yeah. You ever watch the show The Misfits? Like Misfits? It's a British. I have not. Series. No. It's super great. It's about like these like Misfits. They're like doing community service and they all get superpowers. And it's really, really funny. You know what I love about our podcast? What? I feel like whenever you say, especially you, because you say it the most, whenever you're like, I'm going to get through this really quick, it just gets derailed right after that. Oh, we're going to get, re- get through this real quick. Okay. And then he talks about coming and shitting and puking all at once. Yeah, it's called the triple. That'd be the, the really bad version of that movie we just watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Holy mustard. Anyways, 
Uh, this is for the week of April 11th to April 17th. The first movie that's coming out is coming out on Tuesday, April the 12th. The, it's called Father of Flies. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, and the Apple TV app. is a video-on-demand movie. And, you know, Simon, when a young boy's father brings in his new girlfriend into their home after forcing out his mother, the young boy starts seeing some weird shit. I was really struggling with that write-up, like when I was writing it. So the young boy, there's a kid, his dad, right? His dad brings in uh, his girlfriend into the house after kicking out the young boy's mother, which was his wife. And after bringing in this new girlfriend, the young boy starts seeing some odd things. Like, oh, yes. This boy is Haley Joel Osment. And yes, he sees dead people. Yeah, I've heard this before. Good movie. Not Father of – I mean, it might be, but the movie we're referring to, Sixth Sense. It's a good movie. Yeah. Anyways, the next movies that are coming out are coming out on Wednesday, April the 13th. And the first one is a movie called The Taming of the Shrew. It's a Netflix original Polish romantic comedy. Now, is The Taming of the Shrew a, a play? Isn't that a Shakespeare play? Uh, yeah, it is. Yes. Oh. It is indeed. Okay. Cool. Cool beans. Anyways, up next is a movie called Today We Fix the World. This is a Netflix original Ar- Argentinian comedy, Simon. Cool. And then another movie that's coming out on Wednesday, which is odd because this is a theatrical release confirmed by Cineplex. It's a movie called Father Stew. It's a Mark Wal. It's about Mark Wahlberg that becomes a pastor. It's because Friday is a holiday. Oh, it's Good Friday. You're right. Yeah. Although it doesn't make sense because there's a bunch of movies still also coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an explanation. I've seen this trailer a couple times. I don't know about you. I haven't seen the trailer at all. I've just seen the poster. You know what it is? No. It's because of I have YouTube with ads. That's why. Dude, I sent you like just to like join my family for YouTube Premium. I feel too bad about that, man. You pay $18 a month. I have an extra I have an extra spot. You let me use your Disney Plus. Disney Plus doesn't cost $18 a month, which is the craziest thing about the fact that you pay for YouTube Premium and it's $18 a month. <laughs> You've let me use your Disney Plus for like 2 years. I know. I just feel bad about it. I, I'll look, it's a work in progress. So in about a year, about a year and a half will break even. I'm thinking about it. A year and a half will break even. I'm thinking about it. Just fucking join it, dude. I don't know. The invitation's going to lapse in like three days or four days. Look, I appreciate the generosity, but... Um... Just accept it, Simon. I have room. <laughs> oh, jeez. Relax. I can't tell you this outside this podcast. I got to demand you Whoa. accept it while we're recording. Whoa. Relax. Come on. <sighs> it's a $3,000 suit. Come on. Come on. Anyways, the next movies that are coming out are coming out on Friday, April 15th. Yes. And the first... Okay, go on. <laughs> and the first movie is a movie called Choose or Die. Yes. It's a Netflix original horror movie about a video game that you got to choose specific things or you die. And when you choose those things, they happen in real life. <gasps> Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, it, it stars Asa Butterfield from Sex Education. Oh, what a great name. Yeah. Butterfield. He also um, auditioned to be uh, MCU Spider-Man. Fun fact. Really? Yeah. There's, a, I think, a video of him online where he's like, he's like, real. But I remember he was one of the people up and running. Anyways, not important. To continue, uh, there's a movie called To Olivia that's coming out. This is confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it takes place in 1962 and follows Roald Dahl and his wife that deal with the loss of their daughter. Hmm. Roald Dahl is um. 
He made a bunch of those books, right? Those kids books. <laughs> what? What a weird way to describe that. Yeah. He did a bunch of those books, right? Just want to make sure. Yeah, he wrote. He wrote Willy Wonka, right? Willithy Wonkwitha. Yeah, I think Roald Dahl. He was also a spy, an ace fighter pilot, a chocolate historian, and a medical inventor. He's a chocolate historian. That makes sense with the like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory reference, yeah. or like book. But I I thought that Roald Dahl's whole like the rights for the books was all picked up by Netflix. This isn't about his books. This is about him. That's so weird, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, what is? Where is? Sorry, who is making this movie? I don't know. Let me find out for you. Okay, I'm gonna find this out for you. Okay. Or maybe it was before the deal. Like, isn't wasn't he like an anti-Semite and stuff? What? Like, wasn't there a bunch of stuff that he was like any like anti-Semitic and everything like that? Or am I wrong? Where did you get that? The internet, Simon. Obviously, you're just gonna say that without any substantiated evidence whatsoever. It. I was questioning it. It was a question mark after my statement. But- you said you were going to complete the segment soon, like early. Obviously, we have to look that up if you say um, that. <laughs> you think we're just going to let that? Oh, he's an anti-Semite. Now, now, now I guess we'll move on. Uh, so this movie, To Olivia, is based Jesus. on an un, un, unquiet life by Stephen Michael Shearer. And the production companies are Align, Atticus Pictures, and Goldcrest Features. Now I'm going to do Roll Doll Anti-Semite. Into Google Semite, uh, time.com Roald Dahl inside his anti-Semitism and complicated legacy. Okay, okay. So I knew this. NPR. Okay. Oh, actually, Roald Dahl's. Oh, NPR. Roald Dahl's family apologizes for anti-Semitic comments for his anti-Semitic comments. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Okay. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, I love how you just test things on the podcast that you don't know, though. I was curious. I thought maybe you knew. That's such a controversial statement, though. If it wasn't true, we we wouldn't be able to move on. We would have to look that up. Yeah. Doesn't Jared Leto have like a cult? Do you know that? Pretty sure Jared Leto has a cult. That's not as controversial. Are you trying to test me again? But it, is that what you're doing? Jared Leto having a he does have a cult following, certainly, because he's like he's got a pretty. Jared Leto cult. Um, we I once worked with a guy who said that his mom would like go to the ends of the earth for Jared Leto. For Jared Leto, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just he would always tell me about it. I was like, oh wow, that's that's wild. He was a guy who used to live in the states, and uh, she was just a massive fan. Yeah, apparently Jared Leto has a cult. Are you gonna elaborate on that? Because you just said that moments ago. Um, I'm looking it up. So. From Twitter, Jared Leto's in, in island cult is simply not discussed enough. This is just a random dude posting it on Twitter, though, so I don't know if that counts. Distractify. I don't know. None of these sites are too... Uh... He runs the cult himself, or is a cult following of people that kind of worship him? No, he like runs the cult along with... Um, I don't know if it's him or 30 Seconds to Mars. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's continue. Jared Leto may or may not run a cult. What? What the hell, man? What's gotten into you? Oh, we're going to speed this part up. I got to pee, dude. Takes another three hours. I got to pee. Anyways, room 203 is up next. It's confirmed by the Motion Lab. What's on the internet? M.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about Kim and Izzy who move into an apartment that's haunted. Ooh. Yeah. And then the last movie that's coming out on Friday is Fantastic Beasts. Uh, and Mr. Dumbledore has so many secrets in his closet. 
Um, this is coming to theaters. It stars a guy who tacked him in playing darts. And choke, choked the woman, slammed her down on the ground. And it stars a guy who may or may not be in an HBO Max uh, series about Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Jude Law? <laughs> yeah. Mads Mikkelsen, there, I saw a review of this new movie and it looks like people are loving Mads Mikkelsen in it. He's amazing. Like they're saying that How do you not like he's like... Uh, they should have cast him all along or whatever. Like, it, I feel like he's always good in everything. I feel like there's very, I, I've no, I do not remember a performance in, in which I was like, hmm, this guy didn't own it. You know what I mean? Every performance he he does, he just owns the, I feel like he steals the, the screen a little bit for sure. Fair enough. You don't agree? No, I agree completely. Actually, I was just, I started thinking, oh, okay. what doesn't he steal the screen on? Oh, and I couldn't think of anything that you were thinking about. Having to go to the bathroom and weren't listening to me. I'm going to do. Anyways, the last movie that's coming out is uh, it's coming out on Saturday, April 16th, Simon. It's The Man of God. This is a Netflix original uh, Nollywood movie, Simon. Do you know what Nollywood is? Hmm. No. Well, Simon, are you ready? Yeah. It's a, spe- a spelling mistake. It's a Nigerian, it's a Nigerian film industry. So the Nollywood industry. Is that actually real? Because I was going to say Nigeria. Yeah, it is. And I don't believe you. I, I should have said it. Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, you are. It, you dumb idiot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. You're all right. Sorry, you didn't make that up. That's a real thing. No, that's a real thing. Google it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Damn, I failed in my my prediction of what that was. Hey, man, it's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has his days. Everybody fails, including me, believe it or not, man. Including me. Even I fail sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, I believe that. I believe that. That's for sure. That yeah. I don't have to stretch too far to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. Not gonna be so mean about it. <laughs> oh, good times. We have a good time on this podcast, don't we? Uh yeah, I do actually. I I this, yeah. you're the reason I come here every week. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> I mean it's probably not for Jimmy, because I feel like our sound and odd, you know, sound and video technician, I don't think you're a big fan of that guy. Fuck that guy, man. Uh Jimmy. Good old Jimmy, eh? Mm-hmm. You get along with Jimmy a little bit, or at least I, you get you get along with Jimmy's dog. Oh, dude, I love Jimmy's dog Gertrude. What a great dog! Yeah, Gertrude yeah. is a West Highland Terrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West Highland Terriers are cute. I must say, they're adorable. Yeah, little stumpy <laughs> legs. You know, yeah, Gertrude. Good, <laughs> good times. It's a good dog. It's a good dog. Adrian, I feel like uh, I fear you might um, go in your pants. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna wrap this guy up. Oh, I already did. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say before we move on? Before we uh, wrap the podcast up? Do you have anything to say to the audience specifically? Uh, all I have to say is that you can review us on two podcast streaming services, and that is Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You might be able to review us on more, but I don't know. I actually don't know. I think those are the only two you can. So if you have the time and uh, you want to, I would very much appreciate it. I assume Simon would. I don't know. I don't know. I can't read his mind, but he might. Um, and you can also write into us on splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. We will literally read your letter. Anything you write, literally anything, whatever you want, I'll read it. Me personally, through Simon. Wow. Simon will read it, actually. Yeah, but you'll respond. Simon reads the racist stuff. I read everything else. What? Hmm? Racist? Mm-hmm. I'm not reading anything that's racist. That's fair. Yeah. I, 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 I was literally telling you that you shouldn't. I was very confused why you thought that was a good idea, but anyway, it's not important. But there uh, was never any racist stuff that I ever read. What, what are you talking about? That you were gonna read? No, there was nothing that. We, plus, I read every email. I literally read them all. 
Every single one? No, the 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 ones that exist. All emails ever sent. You've read them all. You are not talking like a man who has to go pee. I must say. It's because I already peed. You're prolonging this to an extreme, extreme level here. And I'm just going to say to you, Adrian, I don't appreciate it. You can also subscribe to us, listeners. You can subscribe to us on any of these podcast streaming services. And I'd appreciate it very much. I don't know about Adrian because he's some kind of weirdo. Me? But yeah, yeah, you. Who else? Thank you for listening to the 93rd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. It is I, Adrian Pinter, and although I have to pee, you know who doesn't? Batman from Batman v Superman, which is a good movie. Great movie, even. I love that movie. And nor do any of the zombies in the also amazing movie, Resident Evil, the welcome to Resident Evil movie. Yeah, they just pee right away. Whenever they need to pee, they just do it. Yeah, it's just they don't have a bladder or they do but it's decomposing yeah they just pee instantly yeah when you die like you like poop yourself right away don't you and like pee yourself do you pee yourself as well i imagine you pee yourself if you poop yourself because every time you poop you gotta pee but not every but every time you pee you don't have to poop <laughs> what uh, goodbye take care goodbye <laughs>